so strong, so powerful, so effective, can do so much. One, one word can change a life, can't it? Just one word from God can change a life. You know, we, we take those words, we carry those words, we, you know, we, we are facilitators of the words of God. The Bible says about every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God will not return void, that, but it will accomplish that for which it is sent. The words of God are so powerful. But, you know, I really believe we need to be a people who, 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 who deliver the words which he has. You know, we, we should have enough word in us to be able to deliver his word. In um, John chapter 6 and verse, verse 63, it says, it, it is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The words which Jesus is speaking to his disciples and those people around him at that time, says they are spirit and they're life. When something is spirit and when something is life, it is powerful. We know the spirit is powerful. We know the, the word is powerful. But when life comes through the word, it, it changes things. You, 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 you're born again because you responded to a word. When Jesus commissioned his disciples to, in Matthew chapter 10, he commissioned in 12 of his disciples, not the end of his ministry, but at the time throughout his ministry, sends them out and he sent them out and says, as, as you go, preach. Saying. What is saying? Saying is using words. He said, well, I'm not a preacher. Well, you be, yeah, but you, you carry words. Every person, you know, whether you, whether, you, whether you class yourself a preacher or not, you know, we, what we speak should come out as, a, if you like, a, a preach, and we're preaching, we're declaring the word. So as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I don't know how many times you said that, said that to anybody this morning as you came to church. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. We tend not to use that sort of terminology. Uh, and, but how often do we talk about how we, how, how often do we use the words of God? How often do we declare the truth of the word of God? How much of our conversation, uh, you know, camps around the word of God? I don't know what you came in to church with this morning on your mind, but whatever was on your mind, you know, comes out as words, doesn't it? Whatever words come out is what is on your mind. And so, you know, we're, we're saying, as we go, we're saying, and our words are powerful. You know, the Bible says that the, uh, the words of God, uh, they will accomplish that for which they are sent. They will not return void. You know, all our words accomplish something. The, the words we speak do something. Words are like sowing seeds, aren't they? They, they, they may not germinate straight away, but they sit there and, and, and they, at some point they will bear some sort of fruit. Our words become active. So the Bible makes it very clear that how to live out our Christian life. You know, when we, re when we receive Jesus, we received the, the real thing, deal, didn't we? When we receive Jesus, we receive the genuine thing. When we receive Jesus, you know, we received all of him. We, when we receive Jesus, we receive the, the, the Jesus that we read of in the Bible, the Jesus that is, who is living, the Jesus who lives within us. So we receive 
we received all of him. We didn't receive a, an abbreviated Jesus. We didn't receive a counterfeit Jesus. We received all of who he was. When he breathed on his disciples, it says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. When you, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the Holy Spirit. You didn't receive a counterfeit Holy Spirit. You didn't receive a diluted Holy Spirit. You received the Holy Spirit in, in his entirety. We didn't receive a Holy Spirit that is, that is you know, tailored for the 21st century and the way we, way we are choosing to live our life. We received the Holy Spirit from heaven. You hear what I'm saying? And then in how we live in our life, we usually interpret that from the place where, we're, where we stand. You know, where we've positioned ourselves, where we've set our mind. Or have you ever heard people say, from my, my standpoint, or from my point of view, this is how I'm going to live out my Christian life. From how I see things taking place, how I want to live my life, I'm going to tack, tack on, if you like, the Jesus and live my life out from my experience. No, he came, comes in and gives us a totally new experience. But you see, we, so we, we usually would interpret it from the place we stand rather than on our knees. So it doesn't always flow the way the Holy Spirit intended it to flow or how God intends our life to flow As a new Christian, as a believer, I, I thank God that people have come this morning and received the Word of God, and that, and, and some have received prophetic words this morning, and and and, and how you've had your feet anointed with oil um, to, you know, it's almost like you you set yourself on a new path. Something fresh has taken place. Have you ever heard anybody, you know, disempower the Word by saying? the way I see it. And when we start seeing, they're talking about the Word as the way we see it, if it's not according to the way He sees it, we're disempowering it, and the Word is powerful. Too often in the church, we disempower the Word through our feelings, through our thoughts, through our mindsets, through from where, from where we stand. You know, we talked on Wednesday night about our position, how we have a position which is set as a believer. It's a position we're saying we don't always appreciate that position. We don't always, don't always find that position, if you like, because we live most of our life out of our experience rather than our position. But we discover our position on our knees, not on our pedestal. Maybe you need to write that down. We discover our position on our knees rather than on our pedestal. If we, if we try and view life from our pedestal, we, we, we'll, we'll, it'll be filled with our opinions, our thought patterns, our, 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 our attitudes, our grievances, all that other stuff that comes to try and cloud how we view our position. But we discover our position on our knees, not on our pedestal. So when Jesus sent, when Jesus sent these 12 disciples out, he was very specific about what they should do. They were to speak. They were to speak. When, when God sends us, I believe we're, we're all, we, we should all be, be prepared to be sent. 
be willing to go for him. You know, not every step we take should be a step of going for him, doing something for him, living out our life. Our life is a walk with Jesus. He says, when you go, speak, preach, saying. So using words. See, we, we can't speak using the social gospel as an excuse. Socializing is a big part, but it doesn't call for repentance. No, I think it was is it Francis of Assisi said something like, "Where you know, share the gospel or preach wherever you go, if, if occasionally use words." And, and words are words. You know, yes, the gospel is social, but social socialness doesn't call to repentance. As long as we, we can be so full of good works, we forget there's a call to repentance. When Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, he didn't speak, he preach a gospel of good works. He preached the gospel of repentance because they were cut to the heart and they said, what should we do? He didn't say, well, go out and feed some poor people. Didn't say, don't do that. He said, Repent, turn from your sins, and be baptized. Repent, so he, he used words, you know. So socializing and social gospel is very much part of what we do, but it doesn't call for repentance. And he said, some, some won't listen to you. Some won't listen. Someone, someone, someone won't hear the words. Not everyone shows hospitality to the gospel. Some believers don't show hospitality to the gospel. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. What we have, he's saying, what we have is pearls. What we have is so valuable. How many of you, how many of you had to have had to, as you've grown in your walk with God and gone on your Christian journey, you've had to change some of your relationships, make some adjustments, because in, 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 if not making those adjustments, you end up wasting time by casting pearls before a swine. You're know, sowing a lot of words, sowing a lot of seeds to those who won't listen. Well, one day they'll hear, well, one day they'll hear, one day they'll listen, one day they'll listen. No, I, I believe, it's, you know, unless you start seeing some progression of understanding, uh, you're going to see, you, you may as well go and shut. So, <laughs> don't, don't, don't throw what God's given us to those who won't receive. Jesus said, some won't be hospitable to the gospel. My father would have said, don't flog a dead horse. Because it ain't going nowhere. Ain't going nowhere. So he said, move on and speak words. I'll tell you, so often we get hung up in relationships. Friendships. Acquaintances we waste our time with. Waste our time. Don't throw those words. Don't throw pearls before swine. See, when Jesus speaks, his words are unpalatable to, to some. 
It's amazing how many Christians try and adjust the Bible because the words that are in here are unpalatable to the way we want to live our life. They're unpalatable. And unless we, unless we change our tastes, we're not going to receive everything God has for us. How many of you have had to change the taste of what you, what you eat physically? Maybe you have to have a special diet or whatever. You have certain things you can't eat, and so... We have all, those, all sorts of other substitutes we put on to make things taste tasty. <laughs> and so we have to change, we have to change our palate, and you, we know we can do that. So we have to do that. We have to be able to do that with the Word of God. Those bits that to us in our natural, our old man, are unpalatable, we change our taste buds or taste, t- t- change our likes. Being transformed by renewing of our minds. You know, sometimes the word of God to us is, ouch, hallelujah. You see, Jesus' words aren't just any words. They are life-giving, living Spirit words that are designed to accomplish that for which they are sent. They're living. The Word of God, the Bible says, is is living. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It may hurt a little bit. It may be a little bit uncomfortable as it cuts and as it divides, but it's powerful and it brings life. It's living. It's spirit. Life-giving, and they are designed to accomplish that for which they are sent. It is the Spirit who gives life; the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life, and they are life, and they are life. In John chapter six and verse sixty-eight through sixty-nine, Jesus against him. He's speaking the word, and not everybody finds it palatable. Simon Peter's answer and said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? When he, Jesus asked them, are you going to leave me too? It's amazing, it's amazing how many people find the words of Jesus so unpalatable, they turn away from them. Instead of turning to them and seeing the freedom, the liberation which they bring, they, they turn away. How many of you know people in your world have turned away? who once were on fire for Jesus, who once you thought they had it all together and you even looked up to them. But they turned away. And Jesus looks at his disciples and says, you're going to go too when everyone's leaving. And of course, we know what Peter's response was. Lord, to whom shall we go? I tell you, when you've given your all for Jesus, you know, we sing a song, all to Jesus, I surrender, I surrender all. Well, that's not always entirely true, is it? <laughs> we only surrender the bits that are, uncom- that are comfortable to us. We don't surrender the bits that maybe cost too much. 
that cause us to change more than we really want to change. He says they come so far. What a place to get to where you looked at Jesus and said, well, where else should we go? Because you have the words of eternal life. You're, you're the real deal. You have everything we need. No matter what we're going to have to, what we're going to go through, and you know, maybe it's not going to be easy for us because you're talking about leaving us and us carrying on where you left off. And where else should we go? There's there's nothing else satisfies us like the presence of Jesus. Where else should we go? Where else should we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, <laughs> just, just, to add, just to add to that, Peter says, like, you know, you've got the words of eternal life. We're not going to go in. But also, we have come to believe and to know. I am persuaded that he is able. We have come to believe. You see, people say they believe, but then where are they? They found somewhere else to go. Lord, Lord, to where, whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, when they, when, when, when they knew that they knew that they knew, there was nowhere else to go. And so he says, you've got the words of eternal life. But also on top of that, you know, we, we know that we know that we know that you are the Christ Son of the living God, and, and we, we've been with you, we know you, we've experienced you. No matter what storms may come, we, we, we're never going to change our mind. We've reset our thinking. We've redefined our thought patterns. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and, who sh- who, and those who love it will eat its fruits. There's life. In the power of a tongue is also death. There's life. See, see, words are powerful. The words, but Jesus says, speak. He says, speak. Use words. Use saying these things. Saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Saying the things we heard me say. Jesus, Jesus, he was very aware of the power of his words, and very aware that they would not always be received. So he was aware they were not always going to be received, but he's very aware of the power of Jesus. The words of Jesus are powerful. I believe it grieves the Holy Spirit when he has a word for somebody and we don't receive it. Grieves them. Because words are powerful. There are many accounts of Jesus offending people with his words. He still does today. People get offended with his word because it doesn't fit where we've, probably because we don't spend enough time on our knees, we spend more time on our pedestal. And so we get offended with his words. His words offend today, and because we don't like to offend, we disempower his words. It's amazing how how many words don't get spoken 
and don't get received because we're afraid of offending somebody. You know, of course, you know, no one wants, well, maybe you don't, maybe you, you like offending people, but. <laughs> I wonder how many words have not been received because we've been afraid of offending somebody. How many times have you had a word for somebody? You know, you need to believe you have words for people. Your spirits. You have words for people. But we don't deliver that word because we think it might offend Jimmy. Well, how do we know it might offend Jimmy? Maybe it's a word he needs to receive. And maybe it would offend him if he wasn't offense absorbent. Most believers aren't offense absorbent enough. When you've been offended a lot, you get seasoned to offense. And you can absorb offense. And I believe that's part of growing up as a believer. You know, I'm I'm very difficult to offend. Because, you know, we, we need to be people who can just absorb offense like a big sponge. You know, if, if we're... Aff- and it doesn't give us an excuse to be rude. It doesn't give us an excuse just to get our point of view or point over and have a dig at Jimmy. Get off you in a minute, Jimmy. Don't worry. We'll find someone else. But as we grow in our walk with God, we should become, be able to become people who, who absorb offense. And so often, you see, we. And when, when, we, when we don't use, when, we, when we're afraid of offending someone, we can disempower his words. And when we disempower his words, we disempower him and who he is. Because his words are life and his words are spirit. See, we tend to prefer the non-confrontational word. But Jesus was straight with his words. Straight with his words. I believe a great example of being able to, someone who's able to absorb offense is, is, is Peter or Simon, who became Peter on this rock. Because Jesus was so rough with him. <laughs> he was so rough with him. But, I mean, you know, Peter seemed to just be able to come back. And he was, he was like hardened to offense or softened to offense, whichever way you see it, because he's able to absorb it, I think, and say, okay, thank Jesus, you're just trying to teach me something. I'm an idiot and I'm a clown. I just opened my mouth too, too soon and I just got my sword out too soon and cut off that ear. I was just angry with him trying to take you. And I just thought I was doing the right thing, but thank you for shaping me and thank you for sticking his ear back on at least. I don't know. <laughs> He'd have been ticked if he'd lived with a... 
year in his pocket, wouldn't he? But I believe Peter was grateful to him. Because we, you know, we're who, to who else will we go? You, you've messed my life up, Jesus. You've taken me to hell and back. You've totally messed me up. This isn't how I thought my life was going to work out. But where else am I going to go? Because you have the words of eternal life. And we've come to believe and we know that you're the Christ and the living God. It's right inside us. In our Noah, we know who you are. And we know that your li- word is life. And the words which you speak are life. Jesus was straight with his words. It's amazing how many people try to be, want to be straight talking, they're not straight listening. <laughs> they're very straight and they're talking to you, and, but when you try and talk to them, they, they're not as straight and they're listening. Then they get offended. And we're not straight in our listening and receiving the words that will bring our spirit, will bring the spirit and give us life. Ever heard people say to you, well, can I be honest with you? Please. I'd rather you're not honest with me because, (laughs) can I be honest with you? And it's just like trying to spill out a lot of garbage usually. But if you you were honest with them, they wouldn't be able to take what they're trying to deliver. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, we, 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 we have... Because people generally, we're talking about this on Wednesday night, weren't we? Or John Bevere was in the talk. We talked about in the discussion how people people don't like to be told what to do, and we sometimes feel that we shouldn't be telling people what to do. But there's a charge that we're given as ministers, and uh, Paul talks about it to Timothy in Second uh, Timothy four. Charge because you know, there's there's some things which we have to speak. We have to be able to speak the word of God. Did you know there's so many don'ts in the New Testament until he read them out on Wednesday night? <laughs> so many clear don'ts which we thought, well, okay, they're okay. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit of it. Yeah, we have control of our tongue. We have control of our tongue, but also not only do we have control of our tongue, we have the Holy Spirit. And we carry with us words that are spirit and which are life. As long as we forget we carry the Holy Spirit to, to enable us to take these words and deliver them, We carry these words which are spirit and which are life. When Peter spoke to the man with the, the temple gate, words of life, which, which were, where were they? Where were the words of life that Peter had? They weren't just something he'd read from an encyclopedia or gone to university. They were in his innermost being. Because you have the words of eternal life. Where else shall we? We come to believe and we know that you are the Christ, Son of the living God. And so when they addressed the man as he went into the temple, you know, he, he was expecting them to keep to, just to receive the words he'd always received and receive the handouts he'd always received. But Peter spoke to the man at the temple, gave words of life, which left his innermost being. And in leaving his innermost being, he chose to, to, to release them from his mouth. See, that's, those same words of life that Peter had on the inside of him are the same words of life that we have on the inside of us. Is that, is that right or am I kidding you? 
Did they, did they have different words in the New Testament when Jesus, Jesus and his disciples were walking the earth? Or do we have the same words? Greater things than these you would do because I go to my Father. As I am, so are you in this world. So the words that Peter had on the inside of him were the same words of life that Jesus had, which are spirit and which are life, which are the same words that we have, which are spirit and which are life. So when Peter spoke to the man in this temple, gave these words of life, these words of life left him, or left his inner being, because that's where out of the innermost, um, our innermost being, rivers, 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 rivers of living water flow. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So deep within him, this place where he believed, this place in his knower, this place where he knew that Christ was Son of the Living God, were these words. And, and as he released these words from within him, it's like they, they come out of his mouth, as, as, as words do, from his innermost being. And they penetrate the death and destruction that had kept this man crippled for over 40 years. It's like this sickness was within him. You know, call it the work of the devil, call it the work of the enemy, call it the, this, it was within him. It's almost like that has ears. And it responds to the voice that comes from Peter's innermost being, which are, which are words of life and which are words of spirit. So when Peter spoke from this, to this man at the temple gate, these words of life that were on the inside of him, which have which been, you know, shot up in my bones like burning fire. He releases them. He doesn't pray for this man at the temple. He says, in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, identifies exactly who it is he's referring to, exactly whose name he is using, whose authority he's speaking, and he speaks these words of life into this man, and it penetrates the destructiveness in this man, and he leaps to his feet. Wow. See, the, the, the life of God in the words overpowered all sickness in him, and immediately he jumped up. Such are the power of the words. If Peter just thought that over him, I'm thinking of you. Hello. I'm thinking of you. I'm with you in spirit. I just can't be bothered to get out of bed and come. He releases what's in him. Such is the faith in him in the words that when he releases them, it's like the ears of the destructiveness in this man respond to it and there's no other way to respond to a word than to come to life because they're life. He's not speaking, he doesn't say his words are spirit and they are death. He says his words are spirit and they are life. So when the word goes forth, it takes life and it brings life and it, brings, it generates life. Do you hear what I'm saying? His life in the word. The word is living. 
and it's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. My words are life, and they are spirit, and they are life. So the life of God in the words overpowered all sickness in him and immediately jumps up. It says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. And he, and he got up. You see, it's almost like there was no other option. If, if, if that which is dead within him comes to life, why stay dead? It comes to life. There's such power in the name of Jesus. See, Peter knew whose name would, would bring life. As he is, so are we in this world. As he, there's such power in these words. When evening had come, in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16, and when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. They have to respond to the word. That is why church is so important that we know the word. That we know the word. When we pray, we want God to do something in our life. There's a word which we can draw on that brings life. Where there is death. Where there is destruction. See, too many of the body of Christ, too much of the body, we don't know enough of the word. We don't know enough of the word. That's why I like to see Little children with the word in front of them, and you need to highlight pens and highlight this, and you know, again, they're taking it to school and kneeling down with the kids in the playground and giving them a Bible study and getting the Jehovah's Witnesses saved and all sorts of things, you know, just doing what you got to do. And <laughs> you know, get the word, get the word, getting centurion and, and all that mixed up with, <laughs> with um, isolation and all these sort of things, you know, because there's a word in them. I love it when the word gets in kids, and whether you were, learn it from the donut man or whether you want it, learn it from your kids, teachers in kids' church or your parents or, you know, wherever. You get the word because the word is powerful. The word is powerful. Amen. Amen. Just let me ask you this question. What are your words producing? What do our words produce? Because the words which we have, we have on the inside of us words which bring life. You, you can, if you don't know the word very well, you can find a, have a situation going on in your life and you can find in your Bible a word for that situation which will speak life to that situation. Or you can go to the doctor. Or you can go to a psychologist. Or you can go to the accountant. Or you can go anywhere and you, get, you can get a word for anything that's going on in your life. But there's a word in the Bible, there's a word that will bring life to it. See, so many of the words we receive when we speak over things aren't words that bring life. They're words that bring confusion. They're words that bring doubt. They're words that actually will bring a lie. And how many of you ever, how many of you got to a point where you, you suddenly realized, I never knew the word said that about, that about that situation. I never knew I could confess the word over that situation in my life. I never knew it was in there. He sent his word, the Bible says, to heal us of our diseases. Why don't we hold on to that a little bit more often? He sent his word to heal us of our diseases. What are our words? See, our words will produce. See, our words 
We, we have words that have the ability to pierce the darkness. Or we can use words that blend in. See, I believe that when, when Peter spoke those words to that man who was at the temple gate, they pierced the darkness in his life. And it brings life. See, we, we know the scripture that says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. But do we really believe it? Do we really stand on the promises of God and say, yes, I know that he who is within me is greater than he who is in this world. So when I speak a word from the word, it springs life. And it pierces darkness and brings life. David, David spoke words. And these words were spirit and they were life when he spoke to Goliath. He didn't, he didn't have nice have thoughts towards Goliath. He didn't stand back in the, in, the, in, the, in the camp like his brothers and just discuss it and then have a little prayer meeting about it. He stood before Goliath and spoke words. You come to me with a sword and with a spear. Well, that's pretty, that's, that's okay, but if that's how you want to be with a big old ugly 10-foot giant and a sword and a spear, that's what you come to me. But what, what does that have? What, what authority does that have? What happens if I hit that with the word? What happens if I deliver a word into that situation? And David, he didn't have to really think about it because it's what was on the inside of him. He'd spent, he'd spent, he was only a youngster, but the, young, the few years he had lived on this planet, he'd, he'd lived in worship. And you can't spend time in worship without hearing some things from God. You can't spend time in worship without being in his presence. And getting a hunger for the things of God and learning some things from him. And so he comes, the giant comes, stands before him. Everybody else was afraid of him. And all they were throwing out, throwing out was negative words. Well, he's big, he's ugly. He's got a big sword, he's got a big shield. No one's ever defeated him before. All these negative words. But David comes along and says, what should we do with this man who takes this giant out? Well, he's not going to have any penny taxes for you. Well, that would, he jumped on that straight away, wouldn't he? Get the king's daughter as well. So he stands before Goliath. Says, he addresses him, right? Looks him in the eye. And it's not difficult to miss, is he, when you're a big giant? You come to me with a sword and with a spear. But I come to you in the name of the Lord God of the hosts of Israel, whom you defied. So take this. See, his words were spirit and they were life. And they spoke to the death and destruction and defeated it. See, you have, we have, I have, you have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. The words which bring life. So when we find situ- have situations in our life which, come, which, which are standing against the things of the kingdom of God or things of, you know, sometimes we don't know enough of our Bible to know what is, what is ours and what isn't. 
When we know what is ours, we can speak into it. With words of life. We have the words of eternal life. Jesus had them. He left them for us. He is in us. Greater is he who is in us and he who is in this world. Let's believe who we are and speak words of life. Let's speak words of resurrection power. We were singing of it this morning, resurrection power. It's available to us. You know, speak life into that because we're living and powerful. You know, the words which we have are life. You know, we have that same, we have the resurrection power. You know, we know that, don't we? We have the resurrection power. Do you, do you believe that? Yeah. We, we live with the resurrection power. It's available to us. Do you ever, do you ever think, you know, that, where does that power come? It comes from God. Do you ever think about the power we have? We have the same power which cast the devil out of heaven. Yeah. Woo! If we have the same power which raised Jesus Christ, and then we have the same power that cast the devil out of heaven. Wow, the name of Jesus. Let's use the name of Jesus. Let's be a people who, who know what the Word of God says and speak the Word of God, which brings life. There's power in, there's, there's, there's power in our negative and our idle words too. Negative words, just because, you said, we, someone just said, well, the Bible says, you know, every word which comes out of the mouth of God will not return void, it will accomplish that for which it is sent. Yes, it does. It, it accomplishes that for which it is sent. It's intentional. But negative words accomplish. Negative words have purpose to bring destruction. Idle words have purpose to bring destruction. And if we scatter those around, they're, they're going to bring destruction. All words accomplish. All words bear fruit. Words bear fruit. Let's be a people who recognize the life-giving words that God has for us. There's power in the Word of God, that we can speak the Word of God over situations. And as we speak the Word of God, like Peter delivered the Word of God that was in him. You know, he said he spoke, he went, and he preached everywhere. You know, but then when he met the man at the temple gate there, he says to him, you know, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I'm going to give you. What did he have? He had words. Which he delivered in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. I believe we need to build a faith in the word of in the in the words of Jesus. We need to build a faith in the words which bring life. We build faith in the words that, that come against destruction and pierce the darkness. And 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 get away from these idle words. Get away from these negative words which come from from within us. So you know, being transformed by the renewing of our mind gets us to that place where we. The negative words and the idle words become less. I know none of you have ever have spoken any idle words today since you, since you got up this morning. All your words have been life-giving. Um, but, you know, that's just, just you. For me, I speak a lot of idle words. How many of you had to bring idle words into captivity? Because if you sow them, you know they're going to be destructive. And, and, and it's that part of you, that part of your sin nature, that part of your old man which wants them to be destructive. Almost that want them to offend. Come on, you're not also holy. You know, you know, we, sometimes we want to get a point across, don't we? We want to get a point across. 
He sent his word to heal us of our diseases. He sent his word to pierce the darkness. He sent his word to bring deliverance. And it does. It does. It does. How many of you ever, you, you say things, well, I've got a word. I've got, I've got I, you received a word, maybe, and you, and you hold on to that. It's a good word. It's a good word. God wants it to come to fulfillment. He had purpose for it. Maybe the time isn't yet, but uh, he wants it to come to fulfillment. He wants it to come to purpose. But how many of you, how many of you have had opportunity to speak a word that would bring life? Have you had opportunity? I believe we, we have opportunities facing us continually where we have an opportunity to, spring, to, to, to speak life. It, it could be in a supermarket queue. It could be in the hospital. It could be in your workplace. It could be anywhere. You see, everywhere there are opportunities for us to speak life. Because that's why he's positioned us where we are. Is anybody here this morning says, I've got a situation in my life which is contrary to the word of God? It's contrary to the word of God. You've got something on going on in your life. You say, that is contrary to the word of God. That is like this man who was sitting at the temple gate for over 40 years. And you maybe not have had this going on for 40 years. But you're sitting, sitting in that place and you say, this has gone on for too long. I need a word. Or maybe you say, I don't know a word for that situation. Well, maybe today God's got a word for you. Let's just stand on our feet as we close here this morning. I know his presence has been strong here this morning. God's done amazing things already. But maybe you're here this morning. You say, there's a word. I need a word from God. You see, this man, he, he, he'd been there a long time. Maybe your situation hasn't been, hasn't been a long time. But today's the day, and right now is the moment when you could receive a word that could change your situation. That could totally change your situation. Totally change your situation. I remember to Jesus one day, and he said, You just, I've got this person that's sick in my life, and if you will just say a word, she will be healed. Same Jesus, same word. Same Holy Spirit. Greater is he who's in you and he who's in this world. As I am in this, as I am, so are you in this world. It's the same word. You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. Same word. The word is spirit and it's life. It's spirit and it's life. You sent your word. Just speak a word. Cast out demons by a word, with a word. What was that word? You don't know what it was. It says it was come out. Come out. I believe we don't confess the word enough. 
over things we think are just normal and we accept them. And we accept them as just living in the 21st century in the culture we live in. And we accept things. I don't believe we should have to we should have to accept things that he has a word for. So I've spoken a word over it before. Well, let's keep speaking the word over it. Just keep speaking the word over it. Just keep speaking the word over it. Just keep speaking the word over it. Some of you may have something going on in your life. You say, well, there's, there's, there isn't a word. I don't know there's a word for that. How do you know? Maybe there is. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it in all its fullness. So if there's a negative, God has a word for it. God has a word for it. So if you're here this morning and you say, I, I, I need a word. We want to speak, we speak the word over your life. And in speaking the word, we speak, we speak life and we speak spirit. So we're taking the words that we have. So if that's you, this one, just come right now. Just come right now. You say, well, we've already had the opportunity to pray and be ministered to. If that's you this morning, just come. Let's speak the word of God over your life. I'll tell you, when it's born when children come. Is anybody else? There's no one else. We can just do this at lunchtime. Come on, we can. Come on, anybody else? Maybe you're hurting with something this morning. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you're. Maybe you're just accepting something as as normal. For over 40 years, that man had been at that temple gate, and he hadn't seen any change in his life. But when a work comes, a change comes. When a word comes, a change comes. And Jesus, this, Peter spoke a word and he leapt up. He leapt up. He, he, he could have stayed, sat down. But that in him recognized the word. And he leapt up. speak the name of Jesus, yes, Jesus over your life in just a moment. Just look at me for a minute. 
coming. I'm going to speak the name of Jesus over your life. That name is powerful. It's a name which is above every other name. That which every knee will bow. It's the name that has validity in heaven. When heaven hears the name of Jesus, it like comes to life. Wow! It's the name of which every demon will flee. Every demon it recognizes it and it trembles in the name of Jesus. It knows the power of it. It's the name of Jesus. It says, suffer little children and come to me, for this is the kingdom of heaven. It's the name of Jesus. It's the name, it's the name which sees everyone and look at me for a minute. It's the name. It knows every situation. It knows every situation. It's the name that when you when you received, you said, receive the Holy Spirit. Everything of heaven is in you.